Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Welcome to a new episode of It's a Groom's Life. And today I actually have my very first male groom with me who has many talents, which I'm sure he'll go into. I have Nick Fox with me. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? Hi, yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, not so bad. Caffeine fueled. Let's just say that. Good. And you probably can guess from Nick's voice, he is uh, busy with radio and TV, should we say, or is it just radio? With a face like mine, radio is best. I do telework, but I stay behind the scenes, let's put it that way. I, I don't have any strong enough lenses to get in front of them. <laughs> okay, so Nick, let's go right to the beginning, because we've had a little brief chat just before we started recording, and there's lots you were telling me. So let's go right back to the beginning. Can you quickly introduce yourself? Tell me a little bit about you. Tell me a little bit about your work. Um Okay, deep breath, and here we go. Uh, this is a long one. <laughs> I'm Nick Fox. I'm a, yeah, well, it, it, it will be fairly long. I'm Nick Fox. I'm a freelance groom, instructor, general crash test dummy for crazy things, usually Irish thoroughbreds. There's a whole range of stories to go into there. You'd need a week-long podcast. I'm also an equine photographer. That's the horse stuff. And outside of that, I do radio, broadcast engineering, techie nonsense, playing with wires and trying not to blow things up. I work for a variety of clients all over the UK. I'm mainly based around the Cotswolds and home counties, although for some reason I seem bizarrely to have become really popular in Hertfordshire at the moment, which is interesting when you spend your life in Gloucestershire and Lincolnshire, but there you go, we'll gloss over that one. And it's great fun. I generally say yes to most things. Clients all think I'm a bit mad, but I think we all have to be a bit mad to work in this industry in the first place, right? Yeah, 100%. I totally get you. But yeah, you were saying to me before, like just before about how much you drive around in it's quite a big area you're covering there. It's not just a normal, typical freelance room, I would say. You cover a big area. No, it's freelance times, turn it up to 11. Yeah. At the minute, it's about 1,000 miles a week, um, purely because quite a few of my clients have been let down by other people over the last year for various reasons. Either they've gone elsewhere or life has got in the way, as we all know. And I've just said, look, you want it done? I'll do it. So... I've sort of overcommitted myself, but in the same way, I couldn't not. Because mm. at the end of the day, as I've said throughout all of this, horses still need looking after. They still yeah. need riding for their own welfare. Yeah. And in terms of teaching, the clients that I've got, a lot of them, I take on a lot of people who need to ride for their own mental health. Mm-hmm. So they still need to ride. So it's not fair on them for somebody just to stop. So I've taken things on that people wouldn't necessarily either have kept on or would have put off for a year or something else. I've sort of kept that going. And the people are really grateful for it, which is, you know, awesome. And I've met some awesome people along the way. So why not? Yeah, 100%. So when did you start, like, doing your, like, groom instructor side? Have you always done that? The official line was I officially started commercially pushing things last year. In reality, I have been fiddling around doing it for about 10, 
12 years on the yeah. side. Yeah. And I've been in horses a lot longer than that. Grew up with a horsey mother. She threw me on a pony and said, there's a hedge now, get over it. That Those were my riding lessons, which yeah. probably explains why I take on what I do these days for clients that yeah. have got some horses that need work. Yeah. But I officially launched everything last year. But for the last sort of 12 years I've been around, I spent seven years of my life in Ireland, which was a baptism of fire coming from the English horsey world. But yeah. good because you lose all your fear. If if there's a hedge, you wouldn't jump while you're out hunting. Tell you what, go hunt an island. That'll get you over your fears really quickly. Yeah. But I really started pushing it professionally about 12 months ago. And oh. the reason for that was, I mean, I've done the whole corporate IT consultancy thing. I've done the technical stuff. I got so fed up with the way corporate culture was going. Mm. I, thought, I just thought there's more to life. I'd, yeah. I'd never really set foot in clients' offices. But there's more to life than that. And why yeah. not make some money doing what you love? Yeah. A hundred percent. And like with, um, so what is a typical week for you? I mean, I guess, does it vary from week to week or do you have like a schedule? So I'll put that in inverted commas or does it vary? There is a degree of structure at the minute, actually, ironically. Um, every Monday is a Hertfordshire day. I'm working with a really lovely yard down there. They need somebody to look after the yard on a Monday. So I'm sole charge on that yard. It's quite a nice little yard. It's private. It's set away from everything. Lovely ponies. I mean, cheeky, but lovely ponies. We, we've got a Falabella on that yard who is the cheekiest thing on earth. Cute. But you, you know what they're like, the evil look, yeah. but they're cute, really. And you can't be angry at them when they do their Falabella-like things. Yeah. I also teach on a Monday around that area as well. I seem to, as I say, have become really popular with, with clients around that area for tuition, which is great mm. because I can pop off, do that. They're 10 minutes away from the yard, come back to the yard, finish off there. The rest of the week is pretty much a movable feast. It depends who books what lessons where. Mm. There are some yards I've got several clients on. I put them back to back. I try to spend as much time as I can in Gloucestershire. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily work like that. What I actually find myself doing is spending most of my time in the right seat of a Land Rover Discovery, herring <laughs> around some road somewhere. Yeah. However, you know, you have to suffer for your art. Mm. And I ask myself, would it be any different if I was doing full-time broadcast work, engineering outside broadcasts? Well, no. And the great thing is being on the road, I can still do all of that stuff. Yeah in between the horse bits and bobs yeah which is quite nice because the horse stuff has very quickly started to cover its costs and my costs mm -hmm. to the point of it being a profitable business which means anything on top of that is a bonus yeah which sort of means you can be a bit more selective i mean yeah. previously in other businesses i've literally said yes to everything mm -hmm. now i'm a little bit more selective and i say yes to everything i want to do yeah does that make sense absolutely and doing from me personally i i've i've done the same thing when i first set up i was just yes 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 to everything because i think you have that little fear that you're not going to have enough clients you're not going to have enough money and speaking to other freelance grooms i think they've gone through a very similar journey where they start say yes to everything realize actually they're not having a very good work-life balance and then sort of take a step back and think like I need to I need to have a day off I haven't had a day off in months or weeks um 
I want a holiday. I'm entitled to have a holiday. Things like that. What's, what's a day that. off again? What's a yeah. holiday? <laughs> well, by you, you, I don't think you ever have a day. Off. <laughs> but um, no. I think people do. I think once you've established yourself, you, like you say, you can be a bit more selective and you can kind of sort of say, no, I'm done. I'm having this day off. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. And like you say, it's good for you. It's good for the mind. It's good for your body to recover. And, uh, and yeah, just trying to get that work-life balance, which I think at the moment, by the sounds of it, Nick, you don't have that at the moment. <laughs> it's, it's more a work-work balance. I mean, I suppose I've always been like it. I come from a weird position. I walked out of school in single digits because I was the posh, spoiled, rich kid with horses. Mm. And I was the geeky kid that played with technology. And I was the kid that went to school able to read and write because the parents had done the job beforehand. Yeah. yeah. However, what that led to was me being freelance from the second I could actually work, from the second any company would take me on. And I walked straight into a job on the ferries on Dover Calais playing with technology. And then I walked straight into technology freelancing for companies like Thomas Cook, RBS, WorldPay, and the whole corporate guff that I absolutely detest now, to be honest. I can't be bothered with any of it. But I guess having never been anybody's employee... Yeah. You kind of don't really know what time off is. Yeah. Because when you're freelance, you're just like, yeah, I'll do that. I'm doing nothing else. I'd only be sit bored. Why not? Yeah. No, that is true too. That is very, very true. And I think sometimes when we do have a day off, we do feel like, oh, I could be doing that. And that gives me an extra 50 quid or whatever. But then I, I for me personally, I've, I've been very strict to myself. And I'm trying to have two days off a week. Just for me, just so I can, I mean, obviously now at this present time in the current pandemic, we are very restricted what we want to do. But when we can do things, I want to be able to go out. I want to see my friends. I want to see my family and um, some beauty treatments. Oh, I would love some beauty treatments. (laughs) God knows I need some of those. (laughs) That's why this is radio. No, Nick's face, to be fair, because you can't see at the moment, but it is all right. Like Nick's face is okay. Um, I'll I'll hide behind the microphone (laughs) because that works so well on radio (laughs) so Nick can you tell me what would you say are the pros and cons of being a groom instructor there are more pros than cons let's get the bad stuff out the way first shall we let's be disparaging first yep the cold weather I mean I am one of these people and I think a lot of grooms suffer from Raynaud's I'm one of these people that suffers really bad Raynaud's painful stiff red hands you can put 300 pairs of gloves on doesn't make any difference it just gets in the way so you just have to suffer it yeah there is no way around it you can use as many hand warmers and cups of coffee as you like at the end of the day you just have to suck it up and carry on and i think the other the other downside i mean is the the broken equines you don't like to see them in pain you don't like to see them broken you like to see them out in the field or out the track doing their work yeah going hell for leather and having a kick-ass time you know i it's part of the job, but I still find it very difficult. I'm one of these people that does cry into a horse every now and again when it's not feeling very well. Yeah. But, you know, it's just because, I don't know, you you can't have favourites. Yeah. But you've got favourites. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're the ones that get to you. Touch wood. 
there haven't been any of those lately and god forbid that there is you know there's been a few mild bits of lamy and stuff and there's a lot of lamy yeah. around this year anyway yeah but you know it's those that i i tend to they they tend to get to me a little bit and they're the ones you sort of come home at night with a large gin and tonic and reflect on a little bit the good mm-hmm. things well i mean most of the people you meet are brilliant we're all a bit mad we all know how to have a good time yeah and i think the best people you meet are the ones that can do that you get yeah the people that take themselves too seriously you get the egos you get those in the media industry i'm used to dealing with those they're not a problem i I just crack on regardless and the ponies again they are the good bit this is why we do it we do it for the love of the horses we do it for their daft antics we do it for when they start scratching their bum on one of their stable toys and demolish the entire wall you know and the daft things like that the stories and the crack Mm -hmm are mighty and some of the places as well i mean some of my clients are gorgeous shards i love working in gorgeous surroundings i yeah. spend quite a few time quite a bit of time on a few large estates who are not just clients now but they've become damn good friends yeah. you know and yeah. um, it's it's a different world it's a nice world and i spend as well a lot of time in gloucestershire which as you know is elite alley yeah beautiful. and some of the places that i've been privileged enough to be given work out that i've got access to and the people there are awesome. And we just get on with it. It's a good team. Yeah. And some of them are other freelancers that come in and help out. Mm. And in that way, you just all turn up. You make yourself into a team. You just get on with it. Yeah. And we, we do like events as well, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, most of my time at events is usually spent behind a camera. But occasionally somebody says, here, you know why you're here? You couldn't just be the groom as well, could you? Yeah. So I'd take on two or three jobs at any given event at any one time. So why yeah. not? Well, hopefully the events, fingers crossed, will be up and running soon because obviously we really didn't get to get to hardly any last year. So hopefully this year we'll be able to do a bit more. And I think sometimes you do. I There is moments that I sometimes I just look out in the field and you watch the horses and you think, today's a really good day. Today I love my job and this this is what it's all about. Like you say, when it's a rainy, cold day, it's not necessarily as fun, but... <laughs> there's the cold wet days when you stand under i mean the the one yard i'm on on a monday doesn't they have a tack room but they don't have an indoor kitchen so you get the deck chair out and you sit under the overhang while it's blowing a gale and chucking with rain you think do you know what i'm cold and i'm wet but would i want to be sat in an office stifled with a bunch of miserable people staring at a screen yeah now you're all right i'd sooner be cold wet and shaking with cold you know yeah yeah, there's definitely been times where I've been poo picking a field and it's windy and it's wet, wet, and the rain's pouring in your face and you're like, oh. And then a second what goes by. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, you go, why am I doing this? And then you go, I'd so rather do this than, like you say, be stuck in a stuffy office, being staring at a screen and just looking out the window going, oh, I wish I was outside. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Especially on the sunny days. You know, you look outside on a sunny day and the beauty of what we do is if we don't want to do anything, we can just spend time with the with the beasts and enjoy the company. We can go out on a hack. We can set some jumps up in the arena or in the field and go have a play. You know, that's the benefit. The hard work is the care. The fun is the riding. Yeah. And you don't always want to ride because let's face it, we're all a bit physically broken. I think most of us have got more aches and pains than your average 80 year old. Yeah. And I don't know about you, I'm in my mid-30s, I'm completely broken, but yeah. that's riding an island and riding thoroughbreds for you. 100%. But that's what makes it really worthwhile. You get out, you have a bit of crack, and if you get to actually go out and compete a bit as well, I'm fairly competitive. That's just, you know, even better. It's just the atmosphere at events. 
I suppose because I'm used to live outside broadcasts, I'm used to that atmosphere and I thrive on it. So if there's a lot going on, yeah. I think my brain switches on. Sometimes you go into autopilot mm. and that's when you get the chance to think about other things in life that frankly horses are a damn good distraction for. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. I completely agree with that. And um, yeah, it's what we do. It's when you turn up at the yard and they neigh at you and greet you and then they do something stupid and barge past you or push you over or pull you to the grass and you're like, oh, for God's sake. And then they go off running to the field and think, oh, yeah, that's good. That's really, really good. But yeah. And then they roll and, and they roll, grunt and shake yeah. and do silly things and throw the head around and you go, yep, go on, you enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah. And you, you know, you know, you've got a happy horse, you know, if it's tearing around like that, chances are it's not in pain. It's happy. It's outside. Yeah. It's enjoying life. Yeah. Now, human slave, go and clean my mess up. <laughs> yeah. Go. You know, that's what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah. Now go clean the stable up. I've walked it all around. I've box walked for the last six hours. Crack on. Yeah. yeah. I left a lovely, lovely stable for you to muck out. Um, okay, so can you tell me what your best, um, it could be a yard hack or turnout tip or something that you do that you think will either save time or, or something like that? Massive yard hack. Don't brush the yard. Get a blower. <laughs> it saves hours. It's a little tip I picked up while yeah. I was doing some work at Cotswold Club up at Norton. We were brushing the yard down and they brought these two petrol blowers out and said, don't worry about that. And you know what? The yard was blown down in 10 minutes. I've introduced that everywhere yeah. that I'm regular at. And even if it's an electric blower, as long as you're not duff with the electric and don't trip over the cable or wrap your neck around it or, yeah. you know, catch set fire to yourself, you can have the yard cleared down and cleaned up in the space of 10 minutes as opposed to half an hour of knackering your shoulder up, pushing a brush around, sweeping, and then the wind comes along and takes it back up the yard again. I'm sorry, my my blower has got a higher wind speed than you. No. Yeah. That is a brilliant, you know, that is the best hack I have picked up in the last 12, 13 years. I I wouldn't have thought of that in a million years. And do you know what? You'd think that the, the horses would absolutely lose the plot. Yeah. They couldn't care less. You get the odd one that sort of st- oh, what's that? It's a scary fire breathing dragon. Oh no, it's just the idiot groom clearing up. I'll go back, back to my hay net. They, they get used to it in about two days. It's great. Yeah. And the electric blows look quiet and the petrol ones as well. Yeah. But that has got to be my favorite yard hack. I love that. It saves that so much time. That is a really good idea. And I, yeah, sweeping the yard when it's windy is my pet i get so annoyed with myself it's just <laughs> pointless isn't it you clean it all up and the wind goes now you're all right and blows it everywhere else because uh, i like a really tidy yard it's one of my little ocd things and i love a nicely swept yard and when it's windy i'm like oh no stop windy. it's brilliant no. as well if you've got an out if you've got a hay store that comes out onto the yard as as i have at one yard you know it just trails out of there yeah and provided the hay is dry and there's no sort of bits and bobs around that's going to blow into it you just blow the hay back into the hay store blow it into a nice pile guess what it's ready to use and i've i've got hay stuffers on various yards as well whether i've made them or they've made them Mm. you know barrels or get some get some iron rod and 
make yourself one up with a welder or twist some wire around it yeah that saves so much time as well because one thing that annoys me is a hay net fighting back you're an animal object for god's sake stay open i'm filling you with hay do not <laughs> do your own thing just, yeah that just is little annoying. things like that you just think why is it just taking me 10 minutes to fill this hay net? Because it's decided it doesn't wish to have hay in it. You know, yeah. just give up. It should take you about 30 seconds to fill a hay net. So yeah. making up some stuff is, is always a good. I think as a groom, you have to be fairly practical. All right, I've got an engineering brain, a technical brain anyway. Yeah. But I think as a groom, you've got to be fairly practical and to be able to come up with your own fixes when things go wrong and yeah. you're left with, well, let's face it, a lump of gaffer tape and a lump of baler twine will fix anything. Yeah. So if you can't fix anything with that, then I'm afraid, sorry, you can't work as a groom, go and do something else. <laughs> Yeah, I think pretty much every groom or any equestrian will have baling twine. I mean, literally, my chiropractor, she turned up a couple of weeks ago. And when she pulled up outside, there was been a front of her, uh, at the front of her car, a bit was hanging down. And I said to her, and I said, oh, I said, is that supposed to be hanging down? And she's like, oh, no. Out comes the baling twine of her car. And then she That's the one. It all Why back not? <laughs> and I said, oh, you are. I actually carry. When when I open clients' hay bales, if they don't want the bale of twine, or if frankly they don't care, I I put it in my bag that I take round with me. Yeah. I've got several bags, but one bag is bits and bobs, and I've got a pocket full of bale and twine just yeah. in case the world falls apart. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing how much it fixes things and makes your life easier. If you can't fix it with bale of twine, gaffer tape, a hammer, or swear words, get a new one. <laughs> okay so what um what item so it can be a yard item it could be a grooming item or anything really but a free uh, groom related could you not live without yeah it can't be bailing twine we've already done that one yeah. that i've got so many things which one's the favorite i must say I spent way more than I should on the main bag that I carry around. Mm -hmm. It's it's a Lemieux bag. It's got about a million pockets in it. It's a backpack, but I've got everything in there. Everything you could ever want is in there. Change of clothes, whips, baler twine, yeah. you know, spare combs, stethoscopes, thermometers, you name it. Yeah. It's in there. And it is no bigger than a normal backpack. But I tell you what, it is a blooming brilliant design. I don't think I could live without that. Because you know what it's like when you're walking onto a yard, you don't want to get out of the car and make 3,000 trips just yeah. to bring your kit onto the yard. Yeah. You want to grab a bag and go. Yeah. So I've got that that's full of sort of the day-to-day -day stuff. I've got a separate one full of brushes and other little bits and bobs. And, mm -hmm. you know, you've got your boots in a bag. But I think that bag is probably the go. The go so have you got such and such? Yeah, look in there. Yeah. And you just open it up and it folds open. Yeah. Oh, it's not in there. Try the other million pockets and chances <laughs> are at the bottom of that, you'll find it. Even if it is the most obscure thing ever, Yeah. you'll find it in there somewhere. Good. And if you can't, it probably doesn't exist. <laughs> cool. That is a good tip. I like that one. Okay. So I'm going to do some quick fire questions, but I've had to adjust them because you're a man and previously I've obviously had more women on there. So actually, quick question about that. How do you feel about that um, the groom side is probably more female orientated than men? And why do you it think is. that is? You know, I, I guess girls grow up with ponies. 
and they fall in love and then they want to work with them. I am very aware that it's a female dominated industry and this weird, mad bloke coming in is is a bit odd sometimes. But at the same time, I have met a lot of chaps who work in this industry. I mean, I, I hang around racing yards. Most mm-hmm. racing yards are usually fairly male dominated. Yeah. All right. Some yards aren't. It depends where you it depends where you go. Mm. But I don't know. I think it works quite well because I'm a bit mad. I'm not your average bloke. I mean, the the obvious cliche is, oh, God, he works in horses. He must be gay. Wrong. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, yeah, you, you go onto a yard and actually. Most of the most of the people I come across that are female are a good crack. Yeah. They put the bloody work in. Yeah. They don't moan about it. I mean, yeah, all right. You, you get the odd drama, but you get that with anybody. I mean, even yeah. blokes argue. Yeah. I don't think, you know, again, it's all about the horses. Yeah. There's nobody is bigger than the horse. Yeah. So really it doesn't matter who's doing it, whether it's a man, it's a woman or an alien, to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's a bit like when I was lecturing people on, on radio a few years back and we got talking about egos and stuff and one of the stations was having a problem one presenter thought he was bigger than the station. He very quickly realized he wasn't. Mm. What matters is what the listeners hear, not what some ego that does the breakfast show thinks. At the end of the day, we're we're all about looking after the horses. And as long as the job gets done and done well, it doesn't really matter who's doing it. No. And at the end of the day, those that succeed in the horse world, again, it's very, very similar to the media world. Other people Mm. who get stuck in say yes a lot and get the job done no matter what. Yeah, because in both industries, especially with the live side of broadcast, you can't not do the job because the thing will fall apart. Yeah, it's like horses. You can't not look after them. You can't not exercise them. You've no. just got to get on with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I like that. OK, so quick fire questions. Are you a night in or a night out type of person? Night in. By the time I've done my schedule, I haven't got any energy to go anywhere. <laughs> Give me a large gin and tonic, light the fire, and I'll be asleep in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Lots of coffee. But one proviso. I'm a complete coffee snob, so if it's instant, I'll have tea. Thanks a lot. <laughs> right. Wellies or going out shoes? Definitely wellies. I'm fairly well known for turning up to everything except a yard job in a set of Debarries, <laughs> which may relate to some of the photography stuff I do for them. But they are my go-to boot. I will even go out in them. So comfy. Yeah, if, you, if you see me on a night out, I've probably got a pair of goals on my feet under the table if I'm sat having dinner. <laughs> okay, sweet or savoury? Oh, do you know what? I think all grooms are sweet people. You have to be. You need the sugar. And um, the BGA posted this brilliant thing on their Facebook. I think it was last year. There was a picture of a massive pile of donuts. And I don't know whether you saw it, but it was one of these. It was one of these. Oh, a groom's life. Eating not a lot all day and then getting home and downing 3000 calories in 10 minutes. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, exactly. And that is me all over. I know mine's normally at lunchtime when I'm like binge eating because i'm hungry lunch what the heck is lunch <laughs> and then i'm like stuff everything because i think i've got to get through the afternoon and the evening um book or film probably book 
because I think if I sit and watch films, I get a little bit wound up because oh. having been on the other side of that camera. Oh, okay. I see all the mistakes. Yeah. Okay. What's what book are you currently reading, or what was the last book you read? At the moment, and this is going to sound really weird. It is, and this is going to work really well on radio. <laughs> Molly Sivright, Thinking Writing. It's an ancient book. It's Pammy Hutton's mother wrote it. Oh, okay. But it's it's book two of that. I've got some fairly advanced-ish dressage clients who want lessons. So I'm having to remember all the fancy bits and bobs of how you should do it rather than how to stay on a crazy thoroughbred. And I'm trying to teach them properly. So I'm learning from... I think probably one of the undisputed experts or is relearning all the stuff I've forgotten over the last yeah. gazillion years. Well, every day's a school day, regardless how long you've been in it, there's always something to learn. Oh, the horses will soon teach you a lesson. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so Nick, where can people find you? Can they find you on social media? Do you have a website? Tell us all where we can find you. I am all over the place. You can't get away from me. I think people wish they could. <laughs> Twitter at the fr- at a freelance groom. I'm the freelance groom on Facebook. Just freelance groom on Instagram. I managed to bag that one before someone else. And I'm also at the freelancegroom.com. Cool. And if you happen to be driving through Oxfordshire, put your radio on Whitney Radio. Yeah. 99.9 in Whitney, little advert. My radio advert is running on there and really annoying everybody because it's on air every five seconds, it seems. Good. That's good good publicity well i really appreciate your time nick we've arranged rearranged this about a couple of times more on my account than yours but um i really appreciate you taking the time and sitting down and chatting to me it's been brilliant fun i think i'll yeah technology i'll send you a hammer as a present how's that i'll send her a personalized hammer (laughs) actually no fix it with bale and twine (laughs) thank you so much nick take care carly Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please would you subscribe and leave me a review. I really, really appreciate it. If you want to find me on my social media, I am on Instagram under Cobbs Equine Shop underscore services. And on Facebook, I am Cobbs Equine Shop and services. Thank you so much and I'll speak to you next time. making it if you um, like to follow me on socials my um, Instagram is Cobbs Equine Services and the same on Facebook Cobbs Equine Services Um, if you are listening to this on your um, Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast I really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um, other people to highlight the um, episodes to other people and I will speak to you all on the next episode